Turn with me to Philippians, the third chapter, and Hebrews chapter 12, and let's believe for utterance and anointing, very uh, significant word that I believe we need to get into this morning, life-saving word, life-saving word. Let's believe together. Father, in Jesus' name, we agree together as touching this thing, asking you right now for utterance, that we may speak as the oracles of God, that that I may speak beyond myself, that you might speak through me. Grant us that all of us would have ears to hear and eyes to see and a heart and mind that can perceive and understand. Open our understanding, that which we've not seen, cause us to see, that which we've not understood, cause us to understand. And prepare us for what you've prepared for us. And we purpose not to be hearers only, but to be by your grace doers. Put it into practice. And we know as surely as we step out and do what you said, great things are going to happen in our life. Because you are faithful to watch over your word and perform it in the lives of those who do it. We give you the glory. We say get glory to yourself in every part of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Somebody said out loud, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Hallelujah. You ever seen our little ones say that and do that? Oh, man. I do. I do. That's not a bad thing to be saying when you're, when you're that little. I'm a doer. Of the word of God. Philippians 3. Are are you there? We began some weeks ago on a series. Entitled. Perfection. Through correction. And. uh, I know that you might not have been excited. When you heard that title. But it is good. It is good. But in Philippians 3 and 12. He said, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, we might say today, to have arrived or to have completely attained. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect, be thus minded, and if in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. In other words, he'll correct you. And show you that you weren't thinking right. The subject of this passage is perfection, isn't it? He mentions this word repeatedly. And like we said before, amongst most church going people, what they believe is that nobody's perfect. And the implication is nobody could ever be. Well, I think we believe Jesus is perfect, right? And that he lived a perfect life and pleased the Father perfectly. 
Well, did you know he commanded us to walk as he walked? Did you know that? It's not a suggestion. Did you know he said, if you believe on me, the things I do, you'll do also. And greater things than these. Why? Because if he had stayed here and continued, it would have just got greater and greater and greater. But he was here for a short span and to demonstrate to us how to do it, then to offer himself as our sacrifice. Hallelujah. And the work of the ministry, he, we're to do it. He's doing it through his body. And it's to get greater and greater and greater. And it is. You won't hear about it on the secular news. But something's going on in the world. In the body of Christ. I mean, there are more churches and bigger churches than there have ever been in history. There are tongue-talking, name of Jesus-wielding believers by the millions all over this planet. The devil's got a big problem. <laughs> and we're not diminishing. We're increasing. Hallelujah. And our ability is increasing. Glory to God. But uh, what he said here is that he didn't claim to have arrived or attained at this Christ-like perfection. But he wasn't giving up. He said, forgetting what's behind, I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Well, what is that? It is Christ-like perfection. Well, if it's not possible, why is he pressing towards it? And we went into some detail talking about how that it is true that during this life right now, none of us are perfect in knowledge, and we won't be. None of us are perfect in performance, what we've done, and we won't be. But the Bible said the eyes of the Lord search to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking to show himself strong on the behalf of them whose heart is perfect. Towards him. Your heart can be perfect. Every day of your life. Wholehearted. Towards him. And as we are wholehearted. To follow him. With everything we've got. Our faith. Will be perfected. And we will think more and more. Talk more and more, act more and more, respond more and more like our perfect master. He said the disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect will be as his master, like his master. We are called to be just like him. As he is, so are we in this world. That's now, that's here. Now, I think all of us would quickly agree with Paul. We don't claim to have arrived. <laughs> we don't claim to have attained. But what you don't do is flop around and say, I'm just a man. I miss it every day. I know I do. I sin every day. I know I do. I do. You know, I, I can't help it. Lies, 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 lies. The truth is you can go for weeks. And not miss it. The truth is you can go for months. You can go for years. Somebody say impossible. Not impossible. 
Because God is not looking at your knowledge. He's looking at your heart. And the way you miss it in front of him is not making some dumb mistake with your mouth or your head, but by overriding your heart and ignoring what he put in your heart. Jesus went his whole life without missing it. (laughs) Hallelujah. So to believe you can't make it through a day (laughs) is believing a lie. And it's being lazy and not even trying. No. Let's join Paul. Come on, sit out loud. I don't count myself to have attained Christ-like perfection. But this is what I'm doing. I am forgetting everything behind me. And I'm reaching. And I'm pressing. And I'm going for the mark. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus to be just like him. Hallelujah. 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 That's what the Bible teaches. Don't listen to the other stuff. Go to Hebrews 12, please. Hebrews, the 12th chapter. I don't know if you realize it or not, and if you don't, that's good that you don't. But we are plowing up a lot of doctrines (laughs) with this teaching. We are cross-plowing some fields. (laughs) <laughs> but there's a lot of stuff that needs to be plowed up and done away with. And I didn't do it for that reason. The only reason I'm doing it is because I believe the Lord led us to do it. And I know it is supernatural what he has given us. The revelation. I mean, I'm sitting at my desk last night, one o'clock or whatever, just praising. I'm there by myself, but I'm praising God, praising God. I mean, if you snuck up behind me, you'd have heard me say, Wow, that's good, Lord. That's good. That's whoo, That's good. <laughs> Thank you for giving this to us. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What I'm saying is I don't believe it's something. I, well, I know it's not something I thought up. Yeah. It's something he's given us. Yes. He's giving us light of his word. Somebody say, thank God for your word. Thank you, Father, for your word. Hebrews 12, are you there? This wasn't written in chapter and verse. So the previous passage is about faith. Faith, 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 faith. Hebrews 11. And he didn't change subjects at chapter 12. He said, verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. What kind of witnesses? Faith witnesses. All the people he just referred to in chapter 11. Seeing that they're all around us, there's a cloud of faith people witnessing to the faith of God and their indications that they're witnessing us. Let us lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience or perseverance, endurance, the race that is set before us. Verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher, actually other uh, translations say the perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus is 
the faith master. There's nobody better at faith than him. Another way of saying that, Jesus is the ultimate father pleaser. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Jesus pleased the father perfectly. He said, I do always those things that please him. That means everything he did, he had to do it in faith. And full faith, the highest level of faith. And he is uh, the author and the perfecter of faith. And we are his faith disciples. We're in training with him. And if we'll let him lead us, hallelujah, then we will develop and become and operate more and more in faith like he did. Thank you, Lord. But as you'll see, that requires instruction and correction. We need to let him correct us and say, no, 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 that's not faith. Don't do it that way. Do it this way. No, no, that's not what you need to do. Stop doing that. Start doing this, more of this, less of that, right? As any master teaches an apprentice. And while our righteousness is perfect, our faith has not been perfected. Our faith needs to be developed and perfected. So keep reading. It says, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Now, the caution is, don't get weary in your training. Don't quit. How many times it could have been said that people had so much talent, but they never developed it. Maybe they had a lot of natural ability, but they wouldn't receive training. They wouldn't endure the correction and instruction. They got mad. They had no patience. They wouldn't put up with it. So they never developed. Anybody you want to talk about? Top athletes? Do they have coaches? Do they have trainers? Do they endure rigorous training? Are they corrected? Oh, right. Yes. I mean, there's all, and it's continuous year after year after year. The correction, the correction, the correction. And the thing is, if you look at it right, it doesn't grieve you and you don't despise it. You want to get better. Right? You want to find out. I know I trained in the martial arts for years. And uh, there was something, uh, a technique that kind of eluded me. It was a flying spinning hook kick. (laughs) I I was a little bit lighter back then. (laughs) But it's, uh, you're in the air and you spin around and your heel hits the guy's head. And it's fast. (laughs) It's deceptive. When you start it, it looks like you won't be able to get around that quick. But the end of it is a snap, and it's quick. Well, I I didn't get it. I mean, first of all, I couldn't get the the turn. Then I couldn't get the kick. Then I couldn't get the snap. Then I couldn't get the return. But as a 16-year-old boy, I had a bag under the carport, and every day after school, I'd hit that thing. I'm spinning and I'm hooking and I'm kicking and I'm spinning. I'm hooking and I'm kicking and I failed many times on the cement. 
And uh, I had bruises and I had scratches, but hey, I'm 16. And and, uh, at first it didn't feel right. And then some of my instructors said, because you're starting at the wrong place. And and when uh, you're twisting your hips too early, I needed correction. Come on, can you see this? And for months this went on and I'm not getting it. Oh, but I remember the day. (laughs) When I made the last correction and it locked. And I felt it. And I broke the bag. I was one happy camper. I thought, hey, look a here, look a here. Was it worth making those corrections and enduring? And should I felt insulted? That I hadn't got there yet. Or that somebody's told me. No you still hadn't got that twist right. You still hadn't got that, that lock right. You still don't have it right. Well I, I should know I don't have it right. It don't feel right. It's not working right. Right? right. Well friend this is the way it is with faith. Yes. If we'll be honest you can tell. Something don't feel right. <laughs> I'm saying it. And I'm doing this. But I'm just not locking. Some, some way or another. That's why you need help from the faith master. Yes. And he will help you directly. Through his Holy Spirit. He will also help you through people. That's one of the reasons he gave gifts unto men. Is that right? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And even elder Christians and fellow Christians. He will help you if you're teachable. If you're correctable. If you'll admit, I hadn't arrived. I need to be taught more. And I know I need to be corrected. Show me where I'm, I'm doing this wrong. Help me to make the adjustment. And old friend, has anybody gone far enough to where you, you, you locked in on faith on a thing? You felt it when it locked? Oh. Hallelujah. You thought, okay, all right. I'm here now, man. I, nobody can tell me I'm not in faith. I, I'm here. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. And one of the ways you know is you get results. Amen. Things happen. A lot of folks are calling a lot of things faith that's not faith. And in their immaturity and, and not being developed, they don't understand. They know something's not right, but they don't know what's right, and they don't know what they don't know. They just know it didn't work. <laughs> that doesn't mean it doesn't work. It just means you weren't doing it. There's no case of the Word of God not working. There's no, no, not even one case of faith in God not working. There are many cases of people who call themselves doing it, but they weren't doing it. Anybody teachable around here? You're correctable? Keep reading. He said, verse 5, And you've forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord. The correction and the chastening. Don't faint. Again, he brings it up. Don't faint. When you are rebuked of him. Now, we've talked about this before. What does fainting look and sound like? Quitting is right. Remember, he started off talking about running your race. It's a faith race. What does fainting and quitting sound like? It sounds like this. Nothing's ever good enough. I can't please them. I can't do anything right. Lies. 
If you'd have corrected it the first time, you wouldn't have continued to hear about it for the last 14 years. So whose fault is it that you're so weary? Come on, are you with me, friends? But that's what quitting and fainting sounds like. I've done everything I know to do. There's nothing I can do. That's a lie. You learn something new, you could do something new. And you're really going to tell us you're doing everything you know? That's a big statement. <laughs> Getting looks from all over the crowd. <laughs> Don't despise the chastening of the Lord. I mean, Mike and I got yelled at again this week. <laughs> no, no, do it like this. Do it now, 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 now. <laughs> well, our response is, yes, sir. Thank you for helping us. Right? We do not want to fly in that mountain. (laughs) We do want to make it back home. Yes, we do. He's trying to help us. He's not being mean to us. But there was a few times he was short with us. Well, sometimes there's no time to be politically correct. While you're trying to explain everything, it's going to be too late. Don't despise, say it out loud, don't despise despise. the chastening chastening of the Lord. Lord. And don't faint faint. when you get rebuked. rebuked. Don't. Why? Keep reading. For the Lord, whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Scourging is, is a whipping. But we're not talking about being sick. We're not talking about being broke. We're not talking about being depressed and oppressed. All this is part of the curse of the law. We've been redeemed from it. So what are we talking about? We're talking about some of the worst suffering your flesh can experience. Not getting your way. (laughs) Having to submit your will to another. Let me go over that again real slow. Say it out loud. Submitting your will to another. Not easy. I don't care who you are. People say, well, submission's always been easy for me. You don't have a clue what it is. (laughs) Submission's not easy for anybody. By nature of what it is. So well, it's easy for me. I'm telling you, you don't know what it is if you think that. It wasn't easy for Jesus. How about that? That's what was going on in the garden when he sweat blood. Here's the prayer of submission. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. What's he saying? If there's any way. And Father, with you, you can do anything. Nevertheless, hmm? that's, that's it. Not my will, but your will be done. That's submitting your will to his. Hallelujah. And the Bible said, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Jesus himself did not find this easy. Oh, but it's glorious. 
on the other side of it. Is that right? So it's not easy for you or me. But it is possible. And it is the only path to being perfected like him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Bible said after you've suffered a while, the Lord make you perfect, strengthen, establish, settle you. Do you want to be perfected? Do you want to be strengthened? Do you want to be established? Do you want to be stable so that no matter how much the ground shakes and the wind blows, you are not moved? It's only going to come by enduring these temptations to rebel and to quit and, and, and you know, clamoring over getting your way. You have to overcome that and submit yourself in order to grow. And be perfected. It's why many never grow up spiritually. Because they don't overcome their own rebellion. And stubbornness. So I say by the grace of God. Not me. Keep reading. He said. Uh, if you endure chastening. God's dealing with you is with sons. For what son is he whom the father chastens not? Why is he correcting us? Because he loves us. There's a lot of talk about God God is love and God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. But you can't separate God loves you from God corrects you. <laughs> if you do, you're ignoring huge passages of scriptures. No. When you say, God loves me, what did you just get through saying? I'm about to be corrected. <laughs> is that true or not? That's right. That's right. That's right. Come on, everybody, say that loud. God loves me. I know he loves me. So I'm expecting expecting. correction. Correction. You don't suppose that you're at the place right now where you don't need any more correction, that you have arrived at Christ-like perfection. Paul said, I don't don't claim to have arrived. So what does that mean? You need correction. (laughs) Look at your neighbor. Help him out. Help him out. Look at him and say, you need need correction. correction. (laughs) (laughs) You need Correction. You need some correction. The question is, will you receive it? Because you don't have to receive it. You can reject it. But that would be one of the worst mistakes you ever made. Keep reading. Verse 9. We've had fathers of our flesh that corrected us. We gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. That is, as they thought best. But he for our profit, for our certain good, our benefit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. His holiness describes his perfection. Glory to God. Now, no chastening for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous. I told you it wasn't easy. (laughs) Nevertheless, afterward, everybody say afterward, 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 it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Well, Mike and I was training this last week. It was not easy. And they kept talking about, you know, having fun in the sim, but we're still believing for that. <laughs> no, we're thankful for it. But, you know, these things are not all easy. 
But if you're going to attain to something beyond where you are, you got to be stretched. And if it's something you don't know and don't understand, you got to be taught. And when you go to reach for the wrong thing, you need to be corrected. This plane, this panel that we got in, very sophisticated. Very. We are so excited to get in. I mean, it's, it's something else. But we'd never seen it. The plane we trained on was the old stuff. I mean, it took us an hour and a half to find the switches. <laughs> Am I exaggerating, Mike? The first night took us. Now, that's not unusual. All crew are that way. And so there'd be times through our training, we'd go to reach for something and go, it used to be down here. No. <laughs> And sometimes we get yelled at, no, don't touch that, don't touch that. <laughs> no. What'd you do? What'd you touch? What'd you press? <laughs> and did you see that thing? How many things it's got to push and press? But so we needed to know, though, don't touch that. No, quit, stop. Because of what we didn't know. Can you take correction? Yes. Stop doing that. Stop saying that. Are you going to get your feelings hurt? And tune up and cry. Like a little whiny baby. (laughs) See, when things hit you so hard. Somebody says, no, no, stop that. And you go. (laughs) (laughs) It's because you're so proud. So proud. Because the more that pride you get rid of, you get rid of enough of it, and they go, stop that. You go, okay. (laughs) Without getting your feelings hurt. What is there to get your feelings hurt? Especially if you know somebody's trying to help you. What is there? Well, they could have said it a little nicer. Well, (laughs) you could be not so thin-skinned. Why has everybody got to tiptoe on eggshells around you? Why can't you take a little something? Endure hardness as good soldiers. Yes, sir. No. Somebody needs to say this. I'm not a thin-skinned, whiny baby. <laughs> I'm not. I can take it. I can, I can take correction. Can you? I can take it. And if somebody, maybe they should have been nicer. But hey, have you ever been a little stronger or louder than you should have been? Then you understand it. Give them a break. Cut them some slack. Did they help you or not? Then just be thankful for the instruction and the help. Keep reading. Verse 12, lift up the hands which hang down in the feeble knees. Make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Now, something I saw last night that I hadn't seen as much, this is directly tied to your healing. Not just this one verse, I've numerous verses that tie into this. A lot of people are struggling to receive their healing. Because of their stubbornness. It's true. Because of stubbornness. And an unwillingness. To receive. 
and be correctable. Don't let it be turned out of the way. Let it what? Let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men in holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God. Did you know it's only by the grace of God that we are born again? That we are filled with the Spirit? That we are healed? That we're delivered? That our needs are met? Protected? It's only by the grace of God. But did you know who gets the grace? God gives His grace to the humble. The proud He resists. And refusing instruction and refusing to receive correction is pride. Stubbornness is pride. There is no such thing as a good kind of pride. No such thing. And he warns us again. He keeps warning us about don't faint, don't faint, don't faint. Don't despise the instruction. And about failing of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. And thereby many be defiled. And then he gives us an example. Keep reading. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat or food sold his birthright. Keep reading. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. What you see here is a very sobering truth. You can wait too long to repent. You can wait too late to repent. Really? Yes. Yes, you can. Repent means to change. And a lot of folks say it means to change your mind. That's true, but it means more than that. It's primarily a change of heart. And if your heart and mind changes, you're going to change what you're doing. Your life cha- If your life doesn't change, you didn't repent. Now with me, friends. You can come down to the altar and cry your eyes out and never repent. You can feel bad. You can feel sorry. Repent means it changed. You changed. Your heart changed. Yeah, your mind changed, but then you changed what you were doing. Esau never changed for years, for decades. And it came a point where he was too late to change it, to change the situation. Look with me in Revelation. Let me give you some more scripture on this. The Lord's helping us on this. I know he is. Revelation 2. Revelation 2 and 5, speaking to the churches, and of course we're we're one of the churches of the overall church of God now. Remember therefore from whence you have fallen and repent. Do believers need to repent? Do they need to have changes of heart and change what they're doing? Yes, Yes, they do. And of course that's what we're talking about uh, with being trained by the faith master. When he tells you, no, you're not doing it right, do this. What do you need to do? Repent, which is to change. Receive the correction, 
Acknowledge it. If you've been slow to do it, you may need to say, you know, sorry for <laughs> dragging my feet and, and change. And do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your candlestick out of his place. He's talking to a church. Except you repent. Except you repent. Man, repentance is life saving. Church saving. Marriage saving. Skip down to verse 21. He was talking about some folks that were totally ungodly and he said I gave her space to repent of her fornication and she what? She repented not. Now I gave her space to repent. What does that mean? The Young's literal says I did give her a time that she might reform and she did not reform. What does a time mean? Time is a window. From here to here. If you don't do it within this window. You go too long and too late. You won't have opportunity. To get it fixed. I know this is sobering. But it's the truth. Is it true in this whole life. That we have a time down here. Every human being has a time. From birth to whenever you leave. And especially if you're not serving God. You're not guaranteed a hundred years. Right? If you don't have his protection, you might not make it 20. Right? But anyway, if you don't believe in him and receive him, and see, part of that is accepting the correction that I'm a sinner. I'm not all right. I haven't been right, and I'm not all right. I need Jesus. I need what he's done for me. Is that right? Repentance. Submitting yourself. And when you say, I confess Jesus as Lord, what are you doing? You're saying, I submit my will to your will. That's what you're doing. And if you do that within the time you have, you're safe. But can you wait too long? Some folks are confused about this nowadays. Can you wait too long? What if you have opportunity after opportunity, year after year, decade after decade, and at 85, you slip out of this life without ever bowing your knee to Jesus? Saying there is no God, I got no use for this Jesus. Have you missed your opportunity to repent? It it can happen in this life, it can happen at the end of this life. Friend, it is dangerous to wait to repent. Millions of people are there. We're not throwing any stones. All of us have done some of this. Know you're wrong, but you're not going to change today. (laughs) Know you should go and apologize and ask them to forgive you. Know that you should... Get back in and tell them that I messed up and you know that you should, but uh, I'm going to think about it some more. I'm going to pray about it some more. And that's exactly what the devil wants you to do because days turn into weeks. Come on, y'all listening. And weeks turn into months. 
and months turn into years. And what's happening is every day that that's in your heart and you don't listen to it and you don't do it and you push it down and you suppress it, you are hardening your heart. And the result of a hard heart is a darkened understanding. And you get to the place where you become deceived that you didn't even do anything wrong. You don't, you don't need to do anything. You don't need to repent. You don't need to change. And at that point, you're in a dark, serious place. Go with me to uh, Proverbs. We'll read just how serious it is. Proverbs 29, first verse. Proverbs 29, 1. He that's being often reproved hardens his neck. What will happen? Shall suddenly be destroyed. And that without remedy. What does that mean without remedy? Without remedy means you can't get it fixed. Can you wait too late to repent? I don't think this is something we've been hearing enough in the churches. There's, there's been a, uh, a distortion of the gospel. There are many people that will tell you that the gospel is love and acceptance. That being a Christian, a real Christian, is to love everybody and accept everybody just like they are. This is a big lie. I said this is a big lie. It's a dangerous, it's actually a doctrine of devils. <laughs> the gospel being love and acceptance is a doctrine of devils. You heard me. It's a doctrine of devils. What? Yes. Jesus preached. Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. We could go through the scriptures. Faith and repentance. Not acceptance. Repentance. Yes. And don't try to tell me that's an Old Testament word and under the law. Acts, the book of Acts. And many other places. We just got through reading in Revelation. Right? The gospel is the good news about the good things our good God has given us. But in order to receive them, you got to repent and believe. True or not? And if you won't repent, how can you receive grace for something you don't believe you did? If you don't need to repent, there's no grace to receive for something you don't need. You've got to acknowledge you need to change, you need to repent. Look at it again. He that being often reproved. Let me read this from another translation. The Good News translation and also today's English version says, If you get more stubborn every time you are corrected, one day you'll be crushed and never recover. That was the Good News and also the uh, today's English. Friend, it's dangerous not to repent when you see you're wrong and need to change. It's dangerous to put it off because the longer you put it off, the more deceived you'll become. 
you get to the place where you don't think you need a change. And this defiance, and that, that can cause you to just go year after year after year until you go too long. You go too late, and it's too late to fix it. I know this is sobering. What's the solution? Be quick. <laughs> quick to repent. Brother Hagen, my father in the faith, who's in heaven now, said he had some folks in his church uh, came to him one time. And he said, it was, this lady came to him, and, and she was, her and her family, some of the best people he had in the church. I mean, there, every time the doors open, good givers, hard workers, I mean, good people, lived good lives. And he said, she came to him, wanted to talk to him, and he said, yes. And she said, uh, I wish you could tell me something. She said, do you know, last Sunday, so-and-so came down, and uh, she said, everybody knows them and that family. They don't live good. And, uh, you know, they've done all kind of stuff and lay out. You won't see them in church for months. And, and then she came in and fell down at the altar and cried and, and God healed her. We all know what was wrong with her. And God healed her. And here she is shouting Sunday evening and, and Monday. And she said, now you take me. And, and, and our family, you know, we're some of the best Christians in the church. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you say so. She said, but you know, I, I've been believing for this thing, this sickness thing that I got here for years here. And, and, and how come God to heal them, basic backsliders and sinners, and, and won't heal me? <laughs> and uh, Brother Hagen said he chuckled. He said, well, he knew both the families. He didn't know all the details, but he said, well, he said, without knowing all, all the details, I can tell you this. If they came and got back to God and received quickly, it's because they're quick to believe, they're quick to forgive, and they're quick to repent. And if you're struggling, it's the opposite. Slow to believe, slow to forgive, slow to repent. Said she hung her head and said, that's exactly right. She said, that's exactly right. She said, now we, we believe the Bible, you know, with everything we know, but and we will forgive you eventually. Because <laughs> we know we have to. But we'll hold out as <laughs> long as we think we safely can. There is no safely can. It's dangerous. And she saw it. And that's what we were talking about earlier. That's what he was saying. Don't let it be turned out of the way. That which is lame. Let it rather be healed. Well, what's one got to do with the other? This slowness. Is stubbornness. And it's devilish. Are y'all with me friend? Well, yeah, you saw it back 10 years ago, but didn't do anything with it. And one of these days, maybe I'm thinking about, I'm praying about. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. If you're really praying, if you're really hearing from God, he'd have said, why haven't you done what I told you to do 10 years ago? <laughs> if you were really hearing from me. <laughs> Easy to read translation says in this 29.1, some people refuse to bend. When someone corrects them. 
eventually they will break and there will be no one to repair the damage. Won't yield. The message Bible says, for people who hate discipline and only get more stubborn, there'll come a day when life tumbles in and they break. But by then, it'll be too late to help them. Friend, this, this is one of the most sobering things in life. And as a minister and in the ministry with churches, it's one of the most heart-tugging things. There is nothing God can't fix. I don't care what it is. There is nothing God can't fix. And he is good. It is his will to fix it. But what he won't do is make you repent. He won't make you repent. He won't make you submit. And if you get in a place where you refuse to be corrected, you refuse to receive instruction, you refuse to submit, you refuse to obey, you are in a place where God himself can't help you. I know that's a big statement, but you heard me say it. Study the scriptures for yourself, see if it's true or not. The moment you change, humble yourself, repent, God can do anything. But he won't make you Repent. He won't make us submit. He won't make us obey. And the devil knows this. Which is why he works so hard to inspire and to prompt you to be hard-headed and stubborn. He's working on everybody on the planet. The Bible said the spirit of disobedience permeates the world. It's why two-year-olds will look at you for no reason and go, no, no, it ain't sweet. It can ruin their lives. I said it can ruin their lives. This defiance is the nature of the devil himself. He's the one who rebelled against God and breathed this rebellion into a bunch of the angels And now he's called the God of this world. And that's why this is such a rebellious place. And most sadly, most of God's creation of mankind on this planet is right now, this hour, in rebellion against him. He's not going to let this go on forever. This is coming to an end. I'm glad. There are not going to be any riots in heaven. There's not going to be any violence. There's not going to be any shouting obscenities in heaven. Not going to be any defiance. No. There's going to be peace. And joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. And the ones that are going to get to be with him are those who bowed their knee here. Now submitted themselves. Got a hold of their flesh. Is that right? And crucified the pride and rebellion of their flesh. And every one of us have it to deal with. Every one of us. God hates pride. So should you. It's the nature of the devil. Somebody say quick to believe. Quick to repent. Quick to forgive. You know what all that equals to? 
quick to receive. Quick to be healed. Quick to get your bills paid. Quick to get answers. Quick to, quick to get things fixed in your marriage. Quick. How much longer do we want to deal with these things? The reason so many things have dragged on so long and taken so long is because folks have been so slow to repent. No, you should do something, but just maybe later I'll talk to them. Maybe that's ugly pride talking. Why? Why wait? It's like during the plagues in Egypt when Moses said, uh, you know, when do you want me to ask the Lord to take these frogs away? And they said, well, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you spend another night with the frogs? Right. <laughs> so right. Huh? Why? <laughs> oh, friend. Grace flows to the lowest place. The high and haughty don't get the grace. Oh, but the lowly. Is anything in the Bible about the lowly? Talking about lowly of heart. Isn't that what Jesus said? Come learn about me. Aren't we talking about being like Jesus? He said, come learn about me. You want to be like me? I am meek and lowly. That's not a bad thing. It's a wonderful thing. Oh, hallelujah. God's doing something in some hearts right now. When your heart's right, you're quick to cry. You're quick to laugh. You're quick to believe. You're quick to say, I missed it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't, have, you don't choke on it and, and, and wait six months while the devil lies to both sides and makes it worse than it ever should have been. Far, far, far worse. How many things can be avoided and stopped before it ever gets out of hand? The Bible said strife is like a leak in the dam. You see a little leak springing out of the dam. How many know what you should do? Get on that. Now. Oh, it's just a little leak. Ain't no big deal. Wait weeks and weeks and weeks. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Huh? Bible said, deal with it before it breaks out and things are lost. Right? You can sense it in your spirit. They got upset when I said that. I didn't say that the right way. Well, fix it. When? Now. Now. Come right back. You need to pick up the phone, call them back. If you need to, go right back and say, I, I said that wrong. I didn't, I didn't mean that that way. Or, or explain a little bit, or, or try, you know, get it fixed. Because if you let it go, it festers, and it putrefies, and it gets worse, and worse, and you let it go for years, and it's awful. It's awful. The whole house is filled with tension and depression and death, and it's nobody's fault except yours, the people involved. Oh, friend, somebody say, quick, quick. To, believe. to believe, quick, quick. To, forgive. to forgive, quick, quick. To, repent. to repent, equals, equals. Quick, to quick to receive, quick to receive, quick to get free, quick to get healed, 
Oh, do you see it, saints? Do you see it, saints? Stand on your feet, everybody. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory, glory. Glory, glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, I was noticing last night that uh, the story of Job is 42 chapters. Most of it's pain and strain and sad, hard times. But uh, over in chapter uh, 42, towards the end here, the turnabout came in Job 42.6 where Job said, or verse 5, he said, I've, I've heard about you, but now I have seen you. I abhor myself and I repent in dust and ashes. Job was a good man, but he had said a lot of wrong things about God. And he had challenged God's justice. He challenged his goodness. He said a lot of stuff he shouldn't have said. But here, he said, I, I, I abhor myself. Uh, what I said and what I did, I despise it. And I repent in dust and ashes. And one, two, three verses later. Three verses later. It says, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job. And when he prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave him twice as much as what he had. Three verses later. After 41 chapters. (laughs) Of pain. And distress and suffering. (laughs) Let's don't make it hard on ourselves. Let's don't put off our blessings months and years into the future. Let's don't struggle and struggle simply because of being slow to repent, slow to believe. Say it one more time. I am by the grace of God. And I will be quick to believe. Quick to forgive. Quick to repent. And I thank you, Lord, for causing me to be quick to receive. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands. Let's thank Him. Let's give Him glory. Let's give Him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we thank you for your mercy. 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 Thank you for your goodness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.